0: Let's get on with the show. With us right now, Emmy Wu. And Emmy, you are a storyteller. Uh, you seem to know a lot about storytelling visually and uh, through video in particular, through, um, yeah, through through video. And your website is emmywoo.com. So it's E M M Y w com. emmy thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you so much for having me i'm so excited for this <laughs> so um yeah so please tell me about your great work and who you work with and what you do Yeah, absolutely. So I work with visionaries,
1: artists, coaches, leaders, and helping them to reach more people using the power of video.
0: Mm. But
1: I found that with a lot of this audience and uh, entrepreneurs in general, I feel like sometimes we have a hard time figuring out exactly how do we articulate that message in our heart into something that's marketable, into something that's really understandable. And that's what I help them to do, to build that story and to help them show up in their fullest.
0: Yeah. Um, Is, you know, what you're talking about, you know, kind of the art of storytelling, is this just not an innate skill that everybody has? Like, or are there elements that they're really not considering before they just flip on a, a camera and start talking?
1: I think that storytelling can certainly be learned, although I've always had a creative heart. I've always had this love for visual storytelling and storytelling as a whole. Um, But one thing that a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs don't realize yet when they're putting their stories out there is that they are the vessel for the story to be told, but actually the stories should reflect those of your audience. So this is a really important way that business owners should keep in mind so that the stories that they tell will actually speak to the hearts and minds of who they're trying to reach as opposed to just talking about themselves. So there's that little yeah. spray.
0: Yes. It's, I, I, you know, as much as we love that um, you know, kind of spying in on someone's life, right? Being a fly on the on the wall and this kind of this voyeuristic look into their life. I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, do we identify with with what's going on? You know, do we connect with them emotionally? And I believe that it's that you know, those commonalities, those, oh my gosh, I've, I know what she's feeling right now. Like I have felt that before. I feel like that's really just the, the most um, pure way to connect in, in that medium.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I think storytelling is so powerful because we're using a mechanism that is easily memorable with humans. I mean, we've been gathering around campus. Mm-hmm. Town- since the dawn of millennia sharing (laughs) stories. Uh, But even on a deeper level, they speak to a different part of the brain. And when you're leveraging emotions and also speaking to shared values that you share with your audience, that's really what's going to capture their attention and also come across as like a really 3D person, a really uh, comprehensive, holistic brand that people can really understand and feel and empathize with, as opposed to just a flat character, you know, on a a marketing sales page or something.
0: Yeah, so it definitely takes some forethought. And, and, um, you know, um, you know, kind of big picture thinking about, you know, because I know about this just from a media consulting standpoint, you know, when we talk about, you know, who your brand is, and one thing I can tell, you know, folks that want to be, you know, develop a media brand is like, look, um, you might not like this, but, you know, the media likes to be able to identify you very easy and sort you and know who you are very easily, right? So, they, they want to be able to describe you in a sentence or two at the most, right? Oh, Josh is the guy who dot, 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 dot. Right. And it's like, and and if you're if you're familiar like that, then what happens is you just naturally then come up for subsequent media opportunities. Oh, Josh has a you know, has a has a strong point of view. He is absolutely our guest when it comes to X. Right. So if it comes for like you know, with my other company Savings Angel, I was known as the guy, like I could get you a deal hookup or upgrade on anything. So it's like anytime like a consumer story would come in the news. Then I'd get the invite to, you know, appear on the TV segment. And, and it was it's nice when, you know, again, you're not necessarily, your story isn't necessarily safe or middle of the road or boring, but that you actually have something that you stand for and that there's passion behind that.
1: Yes. And that all comes from the individual and from the client. You know, I know that when I work with my clients, we dig really deep into who they are, their entire history from childhood. I like to go that far back and moving forward into their vision, what they want to create, what their values are, what they want to bring to the lives of their audience and, and the world. And that's where you really start to decide, still patterns, which is really interesting. You start to find patterns in that person. And oftentimes, we don't realize what is ourselves. But it's one thing to be called a video marketing strategist, right, like myself, but then it's a different thing to be called a storyteller who can really understand the mechanisms of stories for people that have a story that's hard to explain. So there's always that little differentiating factor that not only makes your title really catchy, but intriguing. And I think that's also what keeps people engaged. There's a little something more. I want to learn a little bit more about that person and what they do.
0: Yeah, Emmy, you've had the opportunity to work with some pretty big names here. I'll uh, we'll, we'll play the uh, we'll play the uh, Emmy Woo drinking game here and brand big brand drinking game. Let me know. Take a drink for every brand that you've heard of here. Um, so Paramount uh, is with Subaru. Uh, yeah, MGM. Uh, let's see the Real Housewives, Walt Disney Pictures, Thrive Global. Like you have been tapped by some really big uh you know productions here. So why are they coming to you?
1: Uh I I originally am a Vancouverite. So in Vancouver, mm-hmm. BC, we have a huge film industry. Yes. I spent two decades of my life working in the film industry there before taking my skills online. Um and that was certainly uh, an amazing learning experience and Also, at the same time, I learned a ton about storytelling and character development and and production and how to wrangle big launch projects. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I realized that the film industry is also a big business. And many of people like me who are creatives, they get into the film industry because they want to be creative and so, when I took my last project and decided to take my skills and go online full-fledged, I feel like that's really when I was able to not only take what I learned in the film industry, but apply it in a really creative and meaningful way.
0: Yeah, um, so of course, you know, having worked in this, I'm, I'm, I want to hear stories, right. It's like what, what sorts of things, uh, you know, what sorts of shoots, I mean, what, what shows, you know, anything you could share. Give me, give me some, give me, give me some, uh, what am I thinking of D- just dish on, on, on what you've done?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, well, I would say, this is a story that that comes up once in a while when people ask me what's like one of the most challenging situations you've been Mm -hmm. in the film Mm -hmm. industry. And I was working on a commercial um, and we were shooting at the top of a remote mountain in Northern BC. Mm. Uh, And because it was a commercial where they were staging different types of lifestyles um the director decided at the 11th hour of course as they always do to get this wedding cake at the top of a remote mountain um and start time for our shoot it was probably six o'clock in the morning so i had to figure out how to at you know in the middle of the night pretty much find this eight-tier wedding cake and Hmm. shuttle it to the top of this mountain. And we actually got it done. The cake arrived. It did not smash. It was not broken. Uh, But one of the most valuable things that I learned from that lesson was – the ability to just be resourceful Mm. you know and i think that really percolated into my entrepreneurial career sometimes when circumstances and challenges land in our laps the, the initial response is panic like oh no crap what am i gonna do you know i've never done this before what like there are no resources but if we were to take a deep breath in that moment and start to think creatively What are the resources that you can pull up? And I think oftentimes we surprise ourselves with the resourcefulness, not only within ourselves, but who are actually in our immediate connection, in our immediate community that are willing to help, that are open to help. But we just have to be the ones to ask and to, you know, offer that and, hey, I I need support with this. Can you help me? Um, so that story, yes, it was, you know, in a remote mountain in, in BC and yet that skill and remembering to ask for help and remembering that we are resourceful, uh, that has always carried on into, into my entrepreneurial career. Uh, I do have another story with the housewife <laughs> as well, <laughs> so, uh, I coordinated, um, Four seasons, I believe, of the Real Housewives of Vancouver. Wow. And uh some people, you know, have asked me, you know, do you do you get them to fight with each other? And I'm like, no, we just put them in a room <laughs> together and they fight on their own. You're right. But uh on one occasion, we had booked one of the most the nicest hotels, Vancouver, or, sorry, uh restaurants in Vancouver for us to shoot a scene in. And all was going well until, you know, you know what housewives do. Mm-hmm. And so there was a little bit of drama that ensued. Um, but unfortunately, within that situation, it kind of blew out of control. Um, and we had to leave the restaurant. We were <gasps> asked to leave the restaurant.
0: Wow. So, they they um, know the deal when they agree to, you know, to to be a shooting destination for that. That's a That's a real risk. It's a
1: real risk. And I think restaurants kind of know that our vendors yeah. kind oh. of understand that, you know, walking into it, but still it never looks good. And it never feels good from a production standpoint, right? Yeah, Because we are responsible for this situation. And at the end of the day, after they had left, we, I <laughs> approached the, our hotel, our, sorry, our restaurant connection, um, Deeply apologized, explained the situation, sent them a beautiful bouquet of flowers, and they were actually really, really nice about it. And that was something Mm. that surprised me. And I think this is valuable for our entrepreneurial journey as well. You know, sometimes we mess up, sometimes things don't go according to plan, and sometimes it's not even our fault. And yet, at the same time, if we can be the bigger person and Come to this situation with an open heart and really communicate to the other party, really extend ourselves. Sometimes just that little action is so, so valued that, you know, that's all that's really required. So it's just a reminder to to be the biggest version of yourself yeah. and to step up at any opportunity, right? To not be afraid and to shrink, but rather say, hey, you know what? Um, I understand the situation was really challenging. Um, what can I do to make it better? How can we continue to work together? And often that gesture means so, so much to others. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the uh, the business owner that's been listening to us, and they say this is really great. Look, I would love to connect with my audience a little bit better. I, you know, I feel like Emmy, if I worked with you for just a little while, I feel like I could really dial in my message and my story, and you know, my persona, and you know, and my you know, kind of, you know, it's like this is one my this is what's in my heart, but I just don't seem to be getting traction here. Um, how do you work with those folks?
1: Mm-hmm. I would say most of my clients are like that. They they feel like there is something that they're not quite getting or sinking their teeth into in terms of their message. And that's why they're not getting traction. Uh, sometimes that is the case. And we need to explore a little bit deeper in terms of what is that mechanism in their story that makes them stand out. And this is challenging to do for ourselves, right? It's like trying to figure out our own branding, trying to figure out our own messaging. Uh, We are kind of steeped within our own experience. But what I can say is that oftentimes when we reflect on our own life experiences, there has been a humanistic theme that runs throughout your life. And what I mean by that is, There has been one pressing challenge, and maybe it's had different expressions in your life, but you've had to overcome that. And so perhaps it's a lesson in standing up for your integrity and doing what's right, even in the face of challenges. That can then be brought into your brand story, which then not only brings your personal life stories and your personal values into the forefront. But now we start to build a brand that is really aligned with who you truly are. So sometimes when I notice that businesses are not getting traction, they're simply trying to kind of latch onto a marketing message. You know, uh, I help these people feel more confident doing X and Y, whatever. Uh, But what's actually going to make you different and memorable? is the how and the why behind how you do it. And so in your messaging, in your storytelling, it's really important to showcase that aspect of yourself that kind of came out the other end of where your audience wants to go as well. So really speaking sometimes that personal story around what you've been able to overcome uh, a lot of my clients, I would say, have been through a rebirth. So it's almost like they they've died in some senses. Mm. They might have had a uh, really great career in their in their past life, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But there's a big shift that's happening, and so we speak to the shift. We speak to why that shift must happen, yeah. and we speak to why this shift actually makes them absolutely remarkable
0: in what they do. I mean, in your work, um, you know, I I wonder if there's someone who's listening and like, man, I mean, maybe, maybe this would make a big difference. Um, can you think of anyone that you've worked with where you're like, oh, yeah, huh, let me tell you what happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So oh, there's a, there's a couple stories. Um, there's a few. Which one should I tell? Okay. So. Like I said, how stories are, you are the vessel, but it must relate to a theme of what is going on with your audience as well. So I had a client come to me to create a video launch series and her audience was course creators. And during this time, uh, course creator launches actually weren't doing so well. Um, Even some of the best well-known people in the industry, their launches were kind of going lukewarm. And so we knew we had to use a different approach. So not only did we bring in the client's personal story around her background and why she was exceptional in teaching course creation and in teaching this methodology. But we also tied in a concern that the audience was very much feeling. And the concern was that, you know what? Courses, it's an oversaturated market. Um, What's known is that I build a course, people don't buy, um, people don't get engaged. Like, why should I invest in this program that's going to help me to create a course and to launch it? And instead of shying away from that, we spoke directly to that issue. So what was happening was that everybody was using the same formula for teaching courses and everybody was kind of just doing this top-down approach where I'm going to teach you what to do, and then you go out and do it. Instead, we asked ourselves what would happen if the audience was actually the hero of the story. And what if we didn't need to teach them anything, but rather get them engaged, get them excited, and so instead of a traditional, you know, three part video series that everybody's seen before, everybody goes through like, you know, the same story arc and we kind of know what to expect. Yeah. We created these engagement triggers in throughout the video series that people had to accomplish in real life and then report back, you know, in the comments, in the Facebook group. And this launch blew up. Within 48 hours of releasing the opt-in video, they got over 10,000 opt-ins. And they, I believe, hit, you know, almost six figures in the pre-sale period. Uh, By the time this launch was over, they reached over $800,000 in new sales because we told the story from a different approach that not only tied in, you know, the client, the, the, the person, the brand, but we mm-hmm. also brought in this aspect of the audience and what they were concerned about and what they were feeling resistant around and actually built the entire launch campaign around that. And that proved to yep. be tremendously successful.
0: Absolutely. You, you can see when I talk to friends who've had, you know, six-figure launches, uh, they do not leave their, their video assets. Like that's not a secondary thought. That is the, when I look at uh, friends who have had really successful Kickstarter campaigns, for example, I mean, it is the, the keystone to those campaigns is how they communicate with that audience visually through video. I mean, it just is, it's the highest impact means of communication because your text copy and delivered via this email autoresponder, that's not really it. Like like that may or may not be consumed, but by golly, if I connect with you on video and I feel your heart and you enroll me into your vision, I'm with you. Um Emmy Wu your website is emmywu.com uh this has been so fantastic we got like 30 seconds left <laughs> any anything that someone should look for in particular at your website
1: uh yeah i have a free guide called the archetypes of video magnetism that hmm. can help them to figure out what types of videos that they can create that actually aligns with their personality and their business model. Because sometimes as business owners, we know we need to be doing video, but we try and push ourselves into doing the wrong types of videos that Mm. don't feel fun, that feel like a struggle. And I know that if it's a struggle, you're not going to keep doing it. So this guide will show you the types of videos that are going to be fun for you. So you can actually get out there and share your message.
0: I love it. Emmy Wu, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I had a blast. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, Tag us with the hashtag up my influence each month we scour Twitter LinkedIn Facebook and Instagram we pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media now what do you win we're, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free